Today we discuss Bob Woodward's uh, new book and the status of investigative journalism in the United States. Should Woodward have held on to the tapes for months before revealing it as part of an effort to sell his book, or did he owe it to the American public to disclose the tapes as soon as he made them? Hi, I'm Alan Dershowitz, and this is The Dersh Show. Today we'll be talking about Bob Woodward's new book, Rage, which is uh, hitting the shelves and will become a mega, mega, mega bestseller. Uh, he spent hours and hours talking to President Trump. Many people are asking, why did President Trump sit down with him? Everybody knows what Woodward's general slant is. He's written so many books and so many of them critical of the people uh, he interviewed. And so many questions arise from uh, Bob Woodward's interview and from the publication of his book. I think the hardest question for journalists an investigative journalist, is the question of timing. He had these interviews with the president many months ago, and there was some, according at least to him, bombshell disclosures about the coronavirus and other issues, and yet Woodward held on uh, to those interviews and kept them uh, secret until he began to market his book. Was it fair to the American people to withhold this information for months in an effort to maximize his sales. Woodward, after all, sells millions of copies uh, for anything he, he writes and has earned millions and millions of dollars um, because he has uh, so much credibility as a, a journalist. Um, he is publishing, along with the book, uh, excerpts from the interviews themselves so that people can judge whether he has accurately portrayed his interviews with the president. I'm sure the president will be tweeting more about it. He's already tweeted a criticism of the withholding of the information pending the publication of the book. And, and the question really arises, uh, journalists have many, many motives um, in who they select as subjects and how they market their book. Some journalists clearly have partisan biases they write books as part of attacks or defenses. Um, they claim objectivity, but any discerning reader realizes that the book has a slant. Other journalists are more self-serving. They just want to sell as many copies of the book as possible. They want to make as much money as possible. The two motives sometimes merge. I think it's important for journalists to disclose any hidden motives, any hidden agendas they have. I also think that it would have been much better for the American people, particularly in the age of the pandemic that we're going through today, for Bob Woodward to have disclosed what the president said about the pandemic and uh, what he said, according at least to the book and the interviews, about why he, uh, the president, uh, downplayed uh, what he believed was the seriousness of the virus in order not to cause a panic. I think the American public were entitled to know that information as soon as it was received by Bob Woodward. And I think he deserves some criticism, not partisan criticism, but criticism generally from readers, from the American public, for withholding this information. I'm sure he did it at the demand of his publisher, but he has the ability to refuse those demands. I mean, he is more powerful today than any publisher, and he could have gone to his publisher and his publisher's lawyers and said, look, 
I have this scoop. I have the President of the United States telling me something that the American public needs to hear in order to help them not only assess his candidacy, that can wait until October, November, but in order to assess the credibility of what the government is telling us in relation to the virus. Look, I wrote an article back in March, the very beginning of the pandemic, in which I argued, believe science, but be skeptical of scientists. Remember in March, scientists were telling us that masks don't work. Don't wear the masks. They were telling us that the virus is not airborne. You only can get it by touching. And I wrote an article saying, no, 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 no. If the masks are important enough to be used by people in the front line, first responder, medical care, they're important enough for the average American to use. And I urged people not to hoard masks, but to wear masks. And I also urged them not to believe the science that they were hearing that the virus isn't airborne. It couldn't have traveled as quickly and spread so uh, dangerously had it just been subject to contagion by touch rather than aerosol or airborne contagion. So I criticized uh, the science. Uh, even today, we're not sure what the best approach is. People said it would be the herd immunity approach used in Sweden, but it's backfired in Sweden. Efforts are being made in other countries to try different approaches. But everybody in a democracy has the right to form their own opinion. There's a very funny cartoon that appeared uh, shortly after the coronavirus came out. It had a guy sitting in front of his computer saying, you know, it's amazing. Just a couple of months ago, all of my friends claimed to be experts on constitutional law and impeachment. Now these same people claim to be experts on public health, transmission, and the coronavirus. In a democracy, everybody's an expert. And that's right. That's okay. You should listen to the best science. But we have the right to make, ultimately, our own decisions involving our own welfare and our families. We don't have the right to make decisions about spreading the illness to other people. But we need the best information, and we need it in a timely fashion. And therefore, I am critical of um, Woodward. I think he should have revealed the information more quickly. This is part of a broader problem. The broader problem is the media today has become weaponized for partisan, personal, agenda-driven purposes. There are no Walter Cronkites today. There are no people who you turn on the television or read the op-ed or read the news and you say, I believe that. The New York Times is no longer the newspaper of record. It has lost its credibility because it has moved the editorial page to the front page. It has something it now calls news analysis, which is simply disguised editorial assessment. The front page of the New York Times has become so biased, so one-sided, that nobody can believe what they read. Nobody can believe what they hear on television. You have to go to multiple sources. Um, I am proud of the fact that I am nonpartisan when it comes to doing my legal analysis. I've been right in every single prediction I've made about what is happening in the courts, and I'm not any smarter than my colleagues who have been dead wrong on every occasion. It's just that I am not a partisan when it comes to analyzing legal issues. I call them as I see them. I'm the umpire calling balls and strikes. It was Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes who said the job of a lawyer is to predict, in fact, what the courts will do. And that's what I try to do, and that's what I will do on this show. You can count on my objectivity. I will never 
allow my own partisan preferences to influence what I tell you the law is and what I predict the courts will do. And I will never withhold from you any information that I think is relevant in a timely manner. And I think we need to have a great debate in this country about the role of the media, about the role of investigative reporters, about why we don't trust the media anymore. Because in a democracy, we have a system of checks and balances. We all studied in civics. The legislature checks the executive, the executive checks the judiciary, the judiciary checks both. You know, we know that standard system of checks and balances. What we fail often to understand is that the media is supposed to be a check and balance on all of government. The church, the synagogue, the mosque, the academy, all of these are part of our informal system of checks and balances. And if you can't trust universities and professors to give you the objective truth because so many of them are so biased, if you can't trust the newspapers, if you can't trust religious authorities, who can you trust? Where do we go to to get the information necessary to make policy decisions? So one place to go is this podcast, The Dirt Show. You will always get it straight from me. That's my promise.